What's going on, guys? So with everything that happened in a action-packed week 14, capped off by a great game last night, by the way, I figured I would begin this uh, this uh, kind of Tuesday morning with a little bit of a power rankings and also just kind of discuss the playoff current playoff seeding and then, you know, how I think things will shake out there. So let's uh, start it off at the bottom just to kind of get these poor teams out of the way. No disrespect if you're a fan of one of these guys, but let's just knock out the um, 32 through 30 real quick. So the Jets are obviously 32. They're the only winless team. Um, I've got the Bengals at 31 just because without Burrow, they've looked awful. And I think they're averaging like 10 points a game in their last five games. So that's pretty outrageously awful. Um, And the defense isn't very good either. So since he has a lot of work to do, but I still think their future could be bright. Uh, assuming they get, I'm a little bit worried about Zach Taylor. I'm not quite sure he's the guy, but they need some more talent as well. So who knows? Number 30, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think with Gardner Minshew back, they are definitely a more competitive team. And I know a lot of you guys responded to my story yesterday by telling me that Minshew wasn't benched, that he was um, injured. And I would just respond to that with, first of all, bullshit. I don't believe that. Second of all, even if that was true, why was he the backup heading into that game last week? Is it because Mike Lennon was just playing so well they thought Mike was the the guy of the future? I mean, I I don't get it. If you're trying to trade him, you need to play him. Um, If you think that he if you think that Glennon gives you a better chance to win, I just don't quite understand your your logic. But who knows? But I think, all right, Jacksonville's 30 for me. Number 29 is the Dallas Cowboys. I think they've uh, really shown some encouragement lately. I know it's not going to get anybody terribly excited, but um, they're 29 for me. Houston Texans are 28. Um, I, I did not like, obviously, them getting completely smashed by the Chicago Bears, but Chicago is a team that at one point this season was 5-1, and one, and they were playing at home, and they have the better quarterback playing now with Mitch Trubisky. So I get you know, I get it. it. It was a tough day at the office for Deshaun Watson. All of his playmakers are gone um, other than Kiki Kuti. But yeah, tough, tough day at the office. And and one thing on that David Montgomery touchdown that they allowed the 80 yarder. How do you let a guy basically go untouched for 80 yards? And David Montgomery, a big knock on him after the combine was that he ran a very, very slow 40 time. It was like four, six. It was like close to four, seven, maybe even. And I didn't care about that. But it's like you guys, he stiff arms one guy, so he didn't go untouched, but it was just like a piss poor effort, in my opinion. You let a guy that runs, you know, David Montgomery is a great player, a very good player, in my opinion, but he, uh, you let him just go completely untouched and then take it all the way to the house without any real, uh, you know, chasing of him down. So I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty piss poor, and I think that the Texans are just, you know, that's just who they are right now. Not a good team. All right, number 27, I've got the Detroit Lions. So, look, man, Stafford this season, I had him, if you guys remember, and I'll own this loss here, I had him as, I believe, my uh, number five fantasy quarterback this season. And I thought that, look, if he plays the way he's played in the past, um, you know, with this amount of talent around him and things like that, whatever, I thought that this would be a nice nice year for him. And he's just, I know Galladay's been out and things like that, but he has not played well enough. Like he's been inaccurate at times. He's been um, just holds the ball at times. He's really inconsistent. And he's always got that kind of a variance in his game. And it usually at some point in a game, he'll, he'll be inconsistent and then he'll start being, he'll show you the high end. This year we've seen 
more low end variance in in uh, each game. So I don't know. It, it's been rough to watch him. And the defense, of course, is not great, but they have their moments. And uh, yeah, I mean, this team was fighting for a playoff spot as recently as a week ago. So it's just um, it's you know it's unfortunate for Detroit fans. I really hope you guys get it cleaned up. I really hope you hire a coach that you'll actually keep for a while and. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Stafford moving forward in terms of 2021 and beyond. Number 26, my squad, Carolina Panthers. Man, this team, uh, you know, there there are definitely some things to be excited about. The Panthers have been competing and in games um, pretty much all year long. They've been right there. Um, they've, I think, it was like lost eight games now where they where they had a chance to win it within one possession. If I'm, I'm just that's off memory, so I could be close to that could be a little bit incorrect there but something along those lines they've lost several games where they should or could have won it uh with a last minute drive or whatever and um you know the defense for being completely rebuilt and i i think that they've done a really good job there matt rule phil snow those guys have really done a to me they're ahead of schedule they've done a nice job so i think uh there's reason to be optimistic if you're a panther fan like myself um, but right now, they're just 26 for me. Number 25, the Atlanta Falcons. And yes, I have them ahead of Carolina just because they beat them more recently. And we've seen more high-end play from Atlanta recently. I mean, to, they've lost twice to the Saints in the last four weeks. So it's not like they've been, you know, uh, bad. And before that, they were 4-2 and two, uh, before this past week or actually before last week. So uh, under Raheem Moore. So, I mean, they're, they're a talented team. Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. And you know, that they've got talent there. So I have them just slightly ahead of Carolina. And then number 24, I've got the team that just beat the Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Chargers. And I've been kind of higher on the Chargers than most people for pretty much the entire season. And I've done that kind of in spite of their record. And the reason I think that they are um, ahead of these other teams is just because they have a good defense, as we saw when their defense decides to actually put it all together from start to finish like they did against Atlanta, they can be good. They intercepted Matt Ryan three times. They can get pressure without blitzing. And, uh, you know, I think the future is very bright in in Los Angeles for the Chargers. Um, and I think that Anthony Lynn should keep his job. That's just my take on that. Number 23 is the Chicago Bears. So Mitch Trubisky's playing really well right now. And the play calling is, is improved since Nagy has, uh, you know, given up that control. So something I'm really interested in seeing is, if you decide to keep Nagy, uh, which is very possible, you know I, I don't think I would, but it's possible. If you decide to keep him, he was coach of year, a coach of the year a couple of years ago, so it makes sense. Um, what do you do with Trubisky? Assuming Trubisky plays well like he has been over the next three games, I mean, what happens? Like, do do you you know? I, I it's, it's gonna be a very interesting thing to monitor because it's like what kind of contract extension will he sign? I guess it would probably be a one year kind of prove a deal but if I'm Trubisky if I hit free agency which I believe he's set to do if I hit free agency and another team offers me a deal with a different coach other than Matt Nagy who literally just benched me for Nick Foles um, after an undefeated start you know and you can say you know yeah he was going to lose the game against Atlanta I get it but give him a chance he just brought you back two weeks ago in week one against Detroit scored through three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter of that game so um I'm not quite sure Mitch Trubisky is going to want to stay there unless they get a new coach who's who kind of commits to him. But even then, if you get a new coach, you're in a position now where it's like this coach has no ties to you. This coach has no reason to to be loyal to you. And you've already seen Matt Nagy's not. So 
I think in that case, Trubisky will really have to think about what he's going to do. So that's something that uh, will be a storyline this offseason and something I'm very much interested in watching. So Chicago right now, um, as we saw, they dismantled the Houston Texans last Sunday. And if the defense plays well and Trubisky keeps playing like he is, they're not a bad team right now. They really aren't. And they're actually still, um, I think, just one game behind the Arizona Cardinals in the playoff mix. So they're they're actually not dead yet, guys, uh, as crazy as that sounds. All right, number 22 is the Denver Broncos, and I'm I'm definitely higher on them than most, but the reason I am is because, look, we saw the high end. We saw what the high end looks like from Drew Locke on Sunday, right? He went crazy against the Panthers, completed 11 of his final 13, uh, four touchdown passes, and he just was really good, um, you know, after a slow start. And uh, the Panthers all season long have been a team that does not allow a very – high yards per pass attempt and lock averaged 17 and a half yards per attempt over his final 13 throws so that combined with the the solid run game that they've got there with the nice little two-headed monster gordon and Lindsay, combined with a very good defense in my opinion a top five defense in the nfl uh makes denver really a tough team to beat i mean they're five and seven with a quarterback on their game day roster right now and if you look at that defense I'd bet you if you're not a Broncos fan that you can't name me like that. You don't know who five players are on that defense, you know, or at least seven, you know, you don't know who they are. And uh, I mean, I kind of do because I, I watched a lot of those guys in college and, I, and, you know, they've got some talent in the secondary there. But I mean, what Fangio has done with the talent that he has has been absolutely incredible. And right now, they are, like I said, a top five defense. And if Drew Locke finishes the season anywhere close to how he finished that game against Carolina, they're going to beat some teams and have some people really surprised. If you're a betting man, I don't know who the, what their schedule is off the top of my head, but I'd be taking some Broncos action um, if it's anything close, right? If it's a close game or projected to be a close game and the Broncos are underdogs, that's probably going to be good value because I could see them beating a lot of teams to finish the season. Number 21, the San Francisco 49ers, the 5-8 and eight Niners. So, look, this team is very injured. Um, there's no quit in this team, and Kyle Shanahan can scheme up and produce offense. He can manufacture offensive points with any quarterback and with any, with any personnel damn near at this point. So uh, this team swept the Rams, right? So I'm a little higher on them probably than some, but I like – I think that they're going to be right back in the playoff mix and, and potentially even the Super Bowl contender mix next season. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been injured, and when he hasn't been injured, he's been playing you know, not all that well. So it'll be interesting. They can get out of that contract for relatively cheap in terms of the dead money and things like that. So I'm very interested to see what happens with the 49ers moving forward at the quarterback position, and I think that, you know, it's just very been very unfortunate with how injured they've been this season. So I, I think they'll be right back in the mix next year, and I'm excited about their future. Number 20, Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. I'm, I have bumped them up considerably compared to where they probably were or would have been if I did a, play, a power rankings last week. I love Jalen Hurts and the injection of energy and, and belief that he has uh, instilled in this team. I mean, they beat the New Orleans Saints, the one-seed Saints who had – a lot to play for because now they're the two seed saints, right? That loss was big for them. And uh, Jalen Hurts made plays, man. Doug Peterson was going for it on fourth down. You could see that Doug Peterson actually had confidence enough to go for it on fourth down. And I mean, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, I've been calling for them to run the football more. They were playing the New Orleans Saints, the number two rush defense in the NFL, a run defense that has not given up a 100 yard rusher in 55 games. Well, 
Philly ran the ball, and they had not one, but two people go for over 100 yards in Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. I think that is the kind of rushing attack this offense can be, especially with Hurts at the helm. And I think that Philly is very much in the thick of it in a uh, NFC East now that's a three-team race, in my opinion. Because also, we got to talk about the Philadelphia defense is really good. Like they're, they, and they've been that all year long. So you talk about, you know, oh, it's not Carson Wentz's fault. They're, they're, you know, the offensive line isn't very good. The play calling isn't very good. The receiving core isn't very good and all that. And I get that stuff. But when you look at it, this team just needed to manage the game better from a play calling and, and just management standpoint by Doug Peterson. They did that against New Orleans. And when you look at it also, man, their defense has been really good all season long. So the supporting cast was not quite as bad as a lot a lot of people made it out to, to be. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't get sacked against New Orleans Saints last week. So um, they are closer to being good than they are to being a rebuild. And that's just my opinion. Number 19 is the 7-6, and 9-seed Las Vegas Raiders. So this team is obviously struggling, right? They were very much in the mix. I mean, we had people putting them in the top 10, top 12 in power rankings just a few weeks ago after that loss to Kansas City. Very close loss to Kansas City on the national spotlight. They've really, really been struggling. They went and got completely dismantled by the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, 43-6. to they went and should have lost to the New York Jets and been the only team to do that this season. And then they got uh, they were they were in that game against Indianapolis until uh, mistakes kind of piled up there at the end and, and Indy pulled away. But, you know, they're 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 struggling. Right. They fired the defensive coordinator, who I believe John Gruden was good friends with and Paul Gunther. And, um, you know, if nothing else. It sure would be nice to see a strong finish from these Raiders because I think they do have talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They're just a young team. So if you're a Raider fan, you know, be patient, man. You guys are very young. You have uh, a quarterback that was really, you know, I made a case for him to being in the MVP race early on in this season or just really four or five weeks ago. I I talked about him as being obviously not a guy that was going to win the MVP, but a guy that was showing uh, was was really representing himself nicely in terms of just how well he was playing and put a little bit of that you know is he the guy talk to rest at least at, at, from their quarterback position so um, I hope they finish strong I think they will um, I hope they will and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point because it's just too tough in that AFC but they are a team that I still believe the future is bright there. Number 18, the New York football Giants. So that was a bad effort last Sunday um, from an offensive side, right? But this team wins with their defense. And their defense in that game against Arizona was exhausted. They were on the field for almost 40 out of 60 minutes. Um, And so you just need more from your offense, at least from the standpoint of like possessing the football a little bit more. That's why things like time of possession actually do matter, even though a lot of people think they don't. They matter because when you possess the football, your defense gets some rest, right? If nothing else, your defense gets rest. If you possess the football and don't turn it over and you have a good punter with a great defense, you're going to be in games. You're going to be close. And that's just what the Giants formula is. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones didn't quite look very healthy, I guess, and and just didn't play all that well uh, in that one in a tough loss. And now they're a game out, but they're only a game out. And they, I believe, own the tiebreaker against the Washington football team. So they to me, are a team that it would not shock me one bit if they make the playoffs. You know, they're right there. Number 17 is those New England Patriots. This team is the 10 seed in the AFC right now. That's six and seven. Going to be very difficult for them to make the playoffs at this point. But my take on them and kind of what I think they should do with Cam Newton moving forward is 
imagine, you know, judging Tom Brady last year, thinking he was completely washed up in an offense with no with no real talent at skill players. Now imagine that offense without Julian Edelman. That's what you've got. That's what you've got for Cam Newton. I think they need to give Cam Newton another one year deal. Um, you know, you don't. You're not. Cam's not going to want a ton of money because he's going to know that he didn't. You know, play to the level of like where you should be given thirty plus million dollars a year this season. But I think that it's only. I think that it would be a wise move on the Patriots' part to say, "Hey, we'll give Cam ten million bucks. You know, have him come back one year, prove a deal." It will add a couple of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. We'll gain a year of experience and we'll gain several defensive starters from last year back from the COVID sit, uh, opt out. And let's see what we look like then, because this year we're going to finish 500 at least. I think they're going to and they could easily finish nine and seven. And I think that New England owes it to themselves to not try and tear this thing down. If you get in a position where you can draft one of the rookie quarterbacks that you covet, well, then go ahead and do it. But I still think you should bring Cam Newton back because I think that you could definitely make the playoffs next year. And I think that you could even win some playoff games next year because this defense could be dominant next season. They're really good right now. You get those starters back. You add a couple pieces in free agency in the draft, which they do have cap room this year, by the way. And you've got a Patriot team that's right in the thick of things next year to be a really good, like if you can get them before the season starts as a Super Bowl bet, you know, I think you'll get pretty good odds. And I, I would, you know, I'd make that bet, to be honest. With you. I think they, they're very close to being a contending team. I don't think Cam Newton is washed up. I think that he just needs a little bit of help in terms of playmakers on that offensive side of the ball. And I think that, you know, they'd be wise to do that. So that's, and I think they will, to be honest with you. So that's where I've got New England. Number 16 is the Minnesota Vikings. So this young defense lately has been really good, guys. They've been, they have so much improved. And Mike Zimmer's doing a phenomenal job as a head coach. This honestly might be one of Mike Zimmer's best seasons as a head coach in terms of just the job he's done. It's similar to what Mike Tomlin did last year, where I think Pittsburgh started 0-3, they lost Ben, and he had them in the playoff hunt until the last week of the season. Well, Minnesota this year started, I believe, 1-4, or they had an awful start, whatever it was, and you know, this defense was, was the laughing stock, right? They couldn't stop anybody, they couldn't cover anybody, they have no pass rush. Well, all of a sudden, this defense is making it making it difficult on Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau Field a couple weeks ago, and they've been really good ever since then. They've made it tough on opposing offenses ever since then. Offensively, they have Kirk Cousins playing really good football. Dalvin Cook is the you know one of, if not the very best, running back in football right now. I think if you're a Vikings fan, even if you don't make the playoffs this year, there is a lot to be excited about in Minnesota. I think you guys are look to be at 16 in the power rankings, you know, right now, it just shows you how far they've come because they were pretty much a uh, 25 ranged or worst team for most of the season. You know, now as of last week, they were actually in the playoffs until they lost in the, in the Arizona Cardinals one. So Minnesota still in the mix in the playoffs this year. But I think if you're a Vikings fan, you have a lot to be excited about and you should be excited moving forward. Number 15 for me is the Washington football team. Look, they are proof that a dominant defense and an offense that does not turn the ball over with the with a decent to good run game is a deep truth of successful football teams that will always remain. Because if you can do that stuff at a high enough level, you can beat good teams. And they went into San Francisco, beat the 49ers, who are a tough team to beat. Uh, the 49ers were favored against the Bills just one week before. Think about that, right? In uh, you know, not in San Francisco, sorry, in Arizona. But you get the point. 
uh, they were technically the home team. And the, the Washington football team right now is the four seed at six and seven. I think that honestly, if I had to pick a favorite to win that division right now, I would stick with the Washington football team. I think they are um, that good. Like if right now, they're a good team. They've won four straight games. Ron Rivera has them believing they are getting legitimate production from their draft class right now. I mean, Antonio Gibson, Cameron Curl, and they didn't, uh, Chase Young, they didn't have. Um, a ton of high picks either. So just the, the production they're getting for the resources they had given up for that production has been a really nice profit for them. And I think that um, if, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, similar to what I said about the Vikings, you've got to be excited about Washington moving forward. The only issue would be they might not be in a position to grab their, their uh, franchise quarterback, which to me, I don't think that matters all that much because what they can do is continue to add pieces to this defense and continue to improve that offensive line and they can survive another season and maybe even make the playoffs again without a franchise quarterback with a guy like Alex Smith playing or even Dwayne Haskins so um, Washington right now is 15 for me number 14 the Arizona Cardinals that's a big win for them against the Giants and, and the reason I say that is because they were struggling I mean they, they had almost lost like five in a row basically they had lost four out of five and, and uh, were a Hail Murray away from losing five straight games so they finally said you know what enough is enough we're going to show that we are tough we have that mental mental toughness and that physical toughness to go out there and, and beat a good football team like the Giants, a team with a great defense. Um, and we, they, they really did it with possessing the football and dominating with their defense against that Giants offense that, you know, isn't very good. So that was an impressive, gutsy win for the Cardinals, and it gets them back in the playoff mix. And I think that, you know, they have a definite chance. I think, I think they'd, they're probably the leaders right now to, to be that last seed in the NFC. Um, and I think they're about a year away from really contending, but still, um, nice effort for them. And they're 14. Number 13 for me is the Miami Dolphins. They are the current seven seed in the AFC. They're sitting at eight and five. Uh, right now, to me, Tua is what Alex Smith is as a as a veteran, right? Tua is as a rookie. And I think that's really important. I mean, that's really good because that's a winning like you can win games like that. You can get to the playoffs and you can win a playoff game or two like that, um, especially when you've got a defense that makes plays like their defense does. Miami is no joke. They are legit. They're, they're, they're not Super Bowl contending yet, but they're um, definitely a team that could get to the playoffs and win a game, in my opinion. So I do believe that uh, it's going to be tough for them to hold on to that seven seed, especially with that Ravens victory last night. That was a big win for Baltimore and Baltimore's hot right now. So, um, that is going to be tough, especially because the, the Dolphins do not have an easy schedule from here on out. But I think they, they've got a chance. They've got a chance. I'd give them a 40% to Baltimore 60%. That's just how I see that final seed playing out. Speaking of number 12, the Baltimore Ravens, the eight and five, number eight seed right now, Baltimore Ravens. They are, um, <clears throat> this offense is starting to look like 2019, right? They, they really are. They, They've run the ball for almost 600 yards, like over 500 yards in the last two weeks. You know, that's that's very 2019-esque. Lamar last night was dominant with his legs. He made plays with his arm, especially getting outside the pocket and throwing those uh, passes down the football field. Very impressive win for the Baltimore Ravens in a great game in Cleveland against a very much legit Cleveland Browns team. So I'm excited about the Ravens. I think that the one thing that concerns me about them is their can they get a pass rush going without blitzing? 
you know, because when you play these good offenses, like that's why they're a bad matchup against Tennessee. That's why they're a bad matchup against Kansas City. When you play offenses like that, that can hurt you in the receiving core, they can match up with your corners. It's going to be tough for you to stop them if you, if you have to blitz like that to get pressure. All right. Number 11 for me is the Seattle Seahawks. They're the current five seed in the NFC at nine and four. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I'm. I might be lower on them than a lot of people just because they've been inconsistent lately. I think that the defense is steadily improving, and I've been saying that for several weeks now. And the running backs are playing well. And look, if Russell Wilson gets it going or or just stays like he was last week against the Jets, they can beat anyone. But right now, I just I have a hard time putting them above a lot of these other teams just because of the completeness of their roster does not feel something that I, I that I can, from what I've seen lately, have a ton of confidence in. But I, but look, make make no mistake about it. If if at you know in February, if I'm if we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks as the defending Super Bowl champions, I would not be shocked. But right now, I've got them at eleven. Number ten for me is the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, so this team is balanced, balanced, balanced. I'm a big time proponent of a balanced football team in terms of how I make my power rankings and what they're doing right now the run game is trending up Philip Rivers is not making mistakes and the defense is making big plays and playing at a high level with consistency so they are nine and four right now they are the current sixth seed in the AFC and this team is if we can just I just don't know if we can count on Philip Rivers, but if we can, if you tell me Rivers is not going to make those detrimental mistakes and he's going to be able to play good football throughout the playoffs, I could see them getting to the AFC Championship game. I really could. And I could see them giving the Chiefs a run for their money just because of how they can play defense and uh, run the football. So I am excited about the Colts, but I'm also just a little, the only thing holding me back from having them at top five or so is Philip Rivers. And there's no reason for that because he's played well. I just can't fully buy in and trust him yet. Number nine for me is the sixth seed in the NFC, and that's the eight and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, um, I know the offense needs to be more consistent, but this team is a complete team, especially if they can get that offense to be more consistent and figure it out. And um, look, if they get hot at the right time, they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. They can win the whole damn thing. Um, this defense is still very good, despite, you know, the kind of floating around narrative right now. They're still a very good defense. And this team with Tom Brady uh, is still just very close, at least if nothing else, they're very close to getting things going on the offensive side of the ball. So they have uh, good balance offensively, good balance defensively. And I think that, like I said, man, if they get hot, look out because they will beat anybody. Number eight, I've got the Tennessee Titans. So, um, Tennessee's offense right now is scoring more points than anyone over the last four weeks, over 35 a game. And if they, uh, the way they're built offensively, right, they have the the dominant run game with Derrick Henry, who is just on an absolute tear like I've really never seen. I can't remember seeing a running back quite as dominant as what we've seen from Derrick Henry lately. It's just been insane, just specifically as a runner only, right? He's not a big threat as a pass catcher, but he's just been dominant lately. It's been crazy to watch. Um, and because of the way they're built, the offense is sustainable, it's reliable, and it can do something for a defense that struggles to get pressure on, on opposing quarterbacks. It can keep that defense off the football field. When you have an offense like that that possesses the ball and is able to move the ball and score points consistently with uh, keeping your defense rested, it makes your defense dangerous. And that's why their defense at times has been good and has shown 
um, the ability to take the football away and make big plays because a lot of times they're rested. You know what I mean? They're not they're not out there exhausted like the Giants defense was against the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, this team, again, is another team that if the defense be, I could see this defense getting hot for a few games in the playoffs and I could see them making a real run at that at that Lombardi trophy. So the Tennessee Titans, to me, are uh, the eighth best team in football right now. My number seven team is going to be the Cleveland Browns, guys. I think this team is honestly very much a legit team. I think they are much better than I would have told you they were a couple weeks ago or like two, three weeks ago. Um, they, you know, they went into Tennessee and demolished the Tennessee Titans, who you just saw I have as my eighth best team in football. So I think that um, the Baker Mayfield is playing much better. He's really not turning the ball over. I know he had that one pick uh, last night, but he's really taking care of the football. They're able to protect him. Stefanski's the coach of the year, in my opinion. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best running back tandem in football. And they have a good, I mean, they're just they're schematically sound on on the offensive side of the ball. Defense has shown flashes. They're not quite as consistent as I think they want to be right now. But something that's impressive that's happening to me or that's happening right now in Cleveland on the defensive side of the ball is Olivier Vernon is actually producing. And if you've got an edge rusher to compliment Miles Garrett now, in the playoffs, we've seen these types of edge rushing tandems take games over. And if Olivier Vernon can sustain the level of play he's been playing with lately, uh, this Cleveland Browns defense could get hot in the playoffs. I, I'm telling you right now, especially because the way they're built, it, it it's uh, inducive of them getting a early lead. And if they can do that, they can then unleash that pass rush on you. And I think that's a formula that we've all seen succeed in the playoffs. So Cleveland right now, the five seed is sitting at nine and four, and uh, they have one more game against Pittsburgh. So that's going to be big for them. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. I hope they finish strong. I hope they don't fall apart after that loss to uh, Baltimore, similar to the way we saw the Raiders fall apart after that game against Kansas City on, on a prime time. So if you're Cleveland, you need to make sure you're not patting yourselves on the back. And I don't think they will be, but I'm just saying, you have to make sure you're not like, oh, you know, we, we should have won that game, whatever. You need to forget that game and you need to go out and play with a sense of urgency next week because you need to win games. You have to keep winning in order to make the playoffs. But if they get in, they're dangerous. They really are. Number six for me is the Los Angeles Rams. So I, I keep saying I'm a big balance guy, right? This team is maybe the most balanced team in the NFL or at least you know, up there, right? So they're my sixth best team. They're the three seed in the NFC sitting at nine and four. They have an elite defense, a thriving running game that's really trending up. Cam Akers has well over 300 yards over the last three games as a runner. And uh, his snap percentage is going up to the point where he is clearly becoming and quickly becoming the workhorse lead back in, in Los Angeles that they drafted him to be. So uh, if Jared Goff can just take care of the football, this team's dangerous, you know, and they can beat Almost, you know what? They can beat anybody because what they have in the secondary is very interesting, and I'd love to see them play the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they'd be heavy underdogs in that game, but I don't, I, you know, just in terms of how they match up, that would be very interesting. So the Rams, to me, look, they have a little bit of a variance to them, and I, I understand because their offense, Jared Goff, turns the ball over too much. But if they take care of the football and they run the ball like they have been, and the defense keeps playing like it has been. I mean, in my opinion, they can beat anybody. So they're number six for me. Number five team for me is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the two seed in the AFC. That's right. The 11 and two Steelers are my fifth best team in football right now. So number one, I want to just say I'm still a believer because 
they have an offense that you know is is solid, right? If uh, if they just run the ball more, but their defense is still dominant. And look, you you play Josh Allen and you basically shut him down for the first half. You need some help from your offense there. If you if they would have gotten a little bit of help from their offense and they go into the, the half with a lead in that game like they should have, um, then they they make things a lot more difficult for Allen in the second half because now you're playing with that lead in that defense. So, so if you play with that Pittsburgh Steelers defense with a lead, you are very difficult to come back on. You know, that said, you've got to run the ball. You have to run the ball more and you've got to run the ball effectively and you've got to catch the damn football if you're these Pittsburgh receivers. You have to catch the ball more. I mean, it's it's to the point where, you know, you've got all this talent, but you but if you don't catch the football, you can't be on the field. It's just that simple. You know, so I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to keep playing guys like Deontay Johnson, who to me is one of the most talented receivers in football. Like I'm not naive to his talent. I think he's extremely talented. He honestly reminds me a little bit of Antonio Brown in just the things he can do in terms of how he can separate. But all in all, like I said, I'm still a believer. The defense is still very much legit. And uh, Pittsburgh kind of likes being underestimated and, and counted out. So this might actually work out in their favor. I could see them finish strong, finish 14-2, and two, and really uh, challenge the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game for the ages. I could see that happening still. So it's not, uh, you know, I'm not abandoning ship on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you can't deny they lost two games in a row and they, they need to bounce back now. So we'll see how that happens. Number four for me is the New Orleans Saints. And if I knew that Drew Brees was healthy, and was going to play, you know, at, at the level he was playing right before he got hurt, then they would be probably number three or even higher for me. So um, they are 10 and three, the two seed coming off a, a tough loss in Philadelphia to the Jalen Hurts led Eagles. But um, they played the Chiefs this week, right? That's very dangerous. And I hope Drew Brees is going to play. I heard Ian Rappaport say he wasn't too optimistic on that uh, last night. I heard him say that. So that, to me, um, if Taysom Hill plays, they are going to be in jeopardy of losing two in a row. And now that is going to make things very interesting in that NFC. So uh, the game is in New Orleans. So I'm, I'm pumped to see that. The Saints defense against that Chiefs offense, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think it's one that, um, to be honest, is is uh, one of the most most my most anticipated matchups of the season, just the way that Saints defense has been playing against an, an awesome Chiefs offense that did make some mistakes last week. So it'll be interesting to see how that all happens. They're not going to, I'll tell you this, the Saints are not going to just play a bunch of man coverage and cover zero. You know, they're not going to do that. So it'll be interesting to see the plan that's put in place by uh, Dennis Allen. To me, by the way, Dennis Allen is a legit head coach candidate and a guy that should be, um, considered for a job this offseason. So New Orleans, obviously very legit. They they are definitely Super Bowl contenders. And if Drew Brees comes back healthy, I hope it's this game if he does. But uh, nonetheless, if he does and he comes back playing like he was before, they can definitely beat anybody. Number three to me is the Buffalo Bills. So the, they're also the three seed in the AFC. They're a 10-3 and three football team. And uh, no one's really talking about it, but this defense is creeping back toward the 2019 level of play, right? That combined with Josh Allen being the clear-cut number three player in the MVP race um, and, and a run game that's kind of getting going now with Singletary and Zach Moss playing better, this Buffalo Bills team is very much a complete a complete team and they are much better than the team the chiefs beat earlier this season so buffalo look out because they are for real super bowl contenders 
Number two for me is the Green Bay Packers. The number one seed in the NFC, they are a 10-3 team. And look, you've got a legit MVP candidate in Aaron Rodgers. You've got a defense that's been playing much better lately. Look, they're allowing just 22.7 points per game over their last six games. And they have uh, 18 sacks in the last five games. Okay, that's almost four per game, guys. That's crazy. So you you combine that with, um, like I mentioned, Rodgers playing at MVP level and a run game that's top five to seven in the NFL, that is what I call balance. And that's what I call super dangerous in the playoffs. And let's not forget about the edge rushing tandem that I mentioned with Cleveland. If you have that edge rushing tandem, when you get a lead, uh, you can be dangerous with. Well, the Packers have that in the Smith brothers. So this team is very dangerous. And I don't think people are talking about them enough. I think they are a team that could beat anybody, including the Kansas City Chiefs in any day. All right. Number one team is, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. Guys are 12 and one. They are now the one seed in the AFC. Mahomes and the supporting cast, along with a great, a very good defense, could be great if they get the pass rush going again. And a dominant special teams unit, something that people don't talk enough about, which we saw Hardman, who's probably going to be an all pro return man again. Uh, have another return last week against Miami. Um, and we've saw something that I think is is the really only piece they've been missing, and it's the pass rush. We saw the pass rush kind of get going uh, against Miami with four sacks. If they can get kind of back to how they were playing over the first three weeks of the season in a pass rush that they invested heavily into, um, I think the Chiefs are a team that obviously, you know, I'm not even going to say they can beat anybody because they are the ones that everybody should be striving to beat. But Kansas City is clearly to me uh the best team in football right now and if they're gonna lose it's gonna take some self-implosion for that to happen because assuming this pass rush continues to play well like i believe that it will it's going to be difficult to beat this team for anybody and it's going to take your absolute best effort you cannot have a third and nine drop on your first series like the dolphins had you cannot have missed field goals you cannot make mistakes and they can it doesn't matter, right? That's like, you can't make mistakes. They can, and you just better hope like hell that you hold on. And you got to find a way to separate yourself. Like the Dolphins, when they got that 10 to nothing lead, that lead should have been 13 to nothing. But to me, if you want to beat them, when you get those types of opportunities that Miami got, you have to put 21 on the board right there. You ha- you cannot like go for it, do whatever you have to do to make the separation barrier you know in terms of how much your lead is if you get them down like that early you've got to capitalize on it you got to go up by three possessions there you have to you know at least 17 nothing so that was huge for the uh, Chiefs to come back and win that game and I mean you saw how quickly they came back and erased the 10-point lead like it was just a joke you know what I mean and, and Miami's defense actually did a good job I think Kansas City was held to um, 24 points in that game offensively so obviously when when you have the team with that high power of an offense and you allow a return touchdown and a safety, and you know they get nine extra points basically when your defense does a good enough job to hold them to 24, that's just devastating, and it proved to be the difference in the game. If the defense would have held them to 24, Miami wins that game. So um, anyway, so the Chiefs, yes, are number one, and how do I see the AFC playing out? I see the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the um, Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans, and uh, I think the Ravens are going to make it 
playoffs, guys. I think they're going to think last night's game is going to propel them into the playoffs over the Miami Dolphins, unfortunately. But I also like the Indianapolis Colts uh, to hang on there, too. So I kind of see basically how it's playing out now or who's in now with the only change being the Baltimore Ravens are going to just experience wins out. The Dolphins have a little bit of a tough schedule uh, finishing the season. I think the Miami, I think the uh, Baltimore Ravens steal the seven seed from the Dolphins, maybe even in week 17, but we'll see. And um, in the NFC side of things, I think things could get very interesting if the Saints lose to the Kansas City Chiefs this coming week in New Orleans and they lose two games in a row because that messes with your confidence, right? That messes with your your whole momentum and your rhythm. And we're seeing it with the Pittsburgh Steelers now. Like the, the pressure is on. You have to uh, bounce back and you have to do it quickly. So uh, the NFC, I guess really the only thing that's kind of up for grabs is that eight, I mean, uh, sorry, seven seed between the, well, no, there's, I'm sorry, there's more than that up for grabs, but let's talk about that first. The seven seed is to me, I, I give the Arizona Cardinals a, a slight cha- a favorite chance to win that seven seed and be the final NFC playoff team. Um, but it wouldn't shock me the Vikings if the Vikings got there. And in the NFC East, which is arguably to me, the most intriguing battle uh, of this year, you've got the Washington football team set to play the Seattle Seahawks this week. So when you look at that and then you look at the, um, you know, the fact that the Eagles are now back in the mix and the Giants too, the Giants are playing the Browns. I mean, is it inconceivable to believe that the Eagles could win in the, in the Washington could lose to Seattle and the Giants could lose to the Browns? I don't think that's inconceivable at all. Right. So Philly is very much alive in this race and uh, they play the Arizona Cardinals. So that's a very interesting game and a game that they can definitely win. But also a game that the Cardinals could win. So I think it's it's going to be one that, uh, hey, Jalen Hurts, welcome to the NFL. Now go out there and play for our playoff lives against a team that's fighting for their playoff lives. And, uh, you know, so the Vikings could easily find themselves back in the seventh seed um, after next week as well because they played the Bears. So very interesting things developing there in the play in the NFC playoffs. And if I had to make a prediction right now, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals, although my heart tells me the Vikings. I want the Vikings to get that seven seed, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think that they'll just, even if it's at eight and eight, I think they'll sneak in there and I'm going to take the Washington football team to win the NFC East. Still, I really want, uh, I'd like to see the Giants get there, but uh, I just think it's going to be difficult with their schedule. And um, I think that the, yeah, I think the Washington football team just has the lead right now. They have the momentum. I think they hold on, but um, I think it goes down to the wire. So, Anyways, guys, that's how I've got it rolling, it going out. I think the Packers will hold that one seed, and I think the Packers will ultimately be the NFC rep- representative in the Super Bowl. So, um, but I, like I said, there are several teams that still could contend. I'm not gonna, don't put that in pen just yet. But right now, if I had to pencil in who my NFC favorites would be, it'd be the Green Bay Packers, and of course, on the AFC side of things, it'd be the Kansas City Chiefs. So. Uh, as always, guys, I appreciate you for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, give it a share. Um, leave a review on Apple if you're listening there. And um, I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you later. Peace.